Welcome to Yoga Unearth Me. Aiding Yoga as your remedy with Felicia Kears. I was viewing the world from this traumatized state. My biggest fear was connection, even though it's what I wanted the most. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in order to connect with people, in order to be seen in such a way, you have to be okay with being wrong. You have to be okay with being um, witnessed through all your faults. Warm welcomings to you. And thank you for being here, for taking the time to just listen and gather what you need to gather and see what unfolds within that experience for yourself. Today is the first of this segment, and this very segment is Conversations with a Student. I'll be talking with various students and clients of mine, gathering their experiences with our sessions together in the past or of the current, leaning up to where they are now in their life and everything they are accumulating along the way that helps them grow, as well as various other things they want to share about their own experience of revelations and insights and what they are moving towards ahead. Joined with me is a very close friend and also um, a client that I met two years ago when I was traveling, um, backpacking and hitchhiking throughout BC. We met in a hostel of Squamish where I helped guided her through meditation interpretation sessions as well as healing Ricky meditative sessions. So in here she shares about the theme of her journey in her life that she's been working through and that is codependency and her shadows. And now she's making way to hosting and leading circles of her own to help those around her. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Katrina. Hi, Felicia. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good. Now, Katrina, do you want to share about how we met in person? Sure. Um, It feels like a lifetime away looking back. It feels like I was a different person. Um, I think the lens in which we even see each other has changed quite a bit. Um, we both met, I had been, I guess in the beginning of my own, like waking up journey, so to speak, or journey where I was becoming more aware of like my waking up. Um, I was in the process of traveling through British Columbia doing work away. So that's like a, it's a volunteer, um, it's, it's a site where people host what they need to volunteer for. So that could be housekeeping, that could be gardening, that could be building, repairing different um, tasks that they need from somebody. And like, so somebody who's a traveler like myself can have a place to stay, do some volunteering and learn from families, different cultures. Um, and so after one of my first workaways, I I left like a month and a half early because it was just 
it wasn't a space I wanted to be in. Um, I really wanted to be around people who were communicating, um, you know, self-loving, loving towards others. And I hadn't found that there. So I went on a road trip to, I literally didn't know where I was going really. I, I knew I was going to be driving to Whistler and beyond that, I didn't really know what my plan was. And I just so happened to stop at this little cafe in between um, Vancouver and Whistler, not really thinking much about it. And then walked down this little like downtown area, which happened to be Squamish, BC. Um, this place that's like well known for like, you know, everything you could imagine wanting to do outdoors, hiking, rock climbing, mountain biking. Um, and I found myself upon at this hostel after kind of asking myself like where can I stay for a couple of months that would keep me in this in this area and they were looking for um, somebody to do <clears throat> some reception work and so I stayed there for I don't know when it was exactly that Felicia and I had met um, I think it was when probably within a week of my staying there as a guest I had started to volunteer and then like I remember I was sitting uh, diagonally across a table from these three people who were talking about yoga. Uh, um, There's a man and woman who were from German speaking to Felicia just about um, what's your practice again Felicia your belief? Yeah I was we were just talking about a range of different yoga practices and yeah they led into feeling interested in knowing a little bit more in depthly of what that is exactly. And I was coming to more in depthness of what that is in description and the details of it. And I recall there was a moment you were across and I don't know what happened, but there was a moment where you and I <laughs> gazed upon each other's eyes for a small fragment of time. And then it kind of led to welcoming you into our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were talking, you were saying something about being from Ontario. And when I had heard that you were talking about like being fairly close to where I was from, I'm from Sudbury, Ontario. So that's like three, four hours away, not even. I just remember like the content you guys were talking about. I'm like, hey, I have to talk to them or like, and I started a conversation somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you guys joined me and then, um, yeah, we were just talking about, uh, like our sex lives. <laughs> um, and I think that's, that maybe where the conversation did start actually somehow. And like, it's so funny cause that morning, like this was two years ago and like looking back, I was really struggling with social anxiety at that time in my life. And I had started like volunteering at this hostel, which is like full of people. So my first thing was like, I'm just going to go make myself some lunch. Cause like I need to eat. I'm not going to just stay cooped up in my room cause I'm a chicken. And so we ended up hanging out like all day mm -hmm. <laughs> going to get some Indian food. I think that was after we did a meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what we ended up doing was, with all this talk of yoga, 
everyone in the conversation felt very ignited by the thought of joining into a practice. So I ended up leading them into what was kind of like the living area space of the hostel. And I led them through a guided visionary meditation. And then afterwards, after the meditation, we all shared our experiences. And then I did interpretation for them to dissect what their subconscious mind is portraying for them onto the surface. And I think that's what kind of ignited our relationships a little bit closer as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't fully recall the specifications or details of what those meditations were, but it was along the sacral region for you for the most part. Yeah. And I think the throat and the heart as well, but the sacral was like where it was like very blocked. Yeah. Yeah. So in that experience, when, when that meditation was happening, that visionary, what, what did you feel within your own experience? I felt very resistant. Um, I think at that point in my life too, I was very, um, I had just started going to yoga retreats. So I was still like that sister wound was very strong in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that um, process of trusting people to lead me through things like that was really present. So I think I felt like a big resistance to that. Although there's definitely curiosity at the same time. Um, but it, I just remember what you had said resonated deeply. Um, and you hadn't been the first to have said certain areas within my chakra that you had pointed out at that time, like, and what they meant it just, it, it was confirmation mm-hmm. that I, I think I was finally ready to actually take a look at and see, even though um, it had taken me some time to get there but that was like an opening sort of, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was definitely resistance on so many levels, but that's very common as you know, cause our, our ego has a wave causing lots of resistance in, in moments of change and moments mm-hmm. of memory. And um, although I felt that resistance though, I felt all the more welcoming for you to be part of my life and my life path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I foresaw you as this being that's going to become this powerful goddess with a powerful voice, leading <laughs> people into ceremonial circles. And there was an abundance of different other kinds of feelings and visions I saw for you during our practices thereon. And a lot that led towards womanhood and um, cleansing your lineage and a lot in regards to shamanic practices as well. And these are things that I shared to you at one point when we were doing, um, I believe in meditation and Reiki session, if I recall some time after that. Yeah, I think when I was in Australia, I had reached out to you um or you we just somehow started talking again after a period of time of not really speaking not because not for any reason just time and busyness and you had said that there was um on my left shoulder you saw an an indigenous man and I actually do see that man with me when I'm in meditation there's somebody next to me in prayer 
in this red garb, um, long feathered hair. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So if you were to collect those two experiences, how do you think that they impacted you to make a change in your life? I don't think it was conscious. I think a lot of the changes were subconscious mm -hmm. um, for a period of time. Like I was slow. I was very stubborn and resistant. Um, but I, over time, people kept talking to me about, you know, like the Federal Reserve or like the World Bank and like the injustices, injustices done to people and humans as a whole. Because I think I was stuck with the whole... Um, whether it was like a movement of like racism or whether it was like men versus women like it was just like where can i be myself where all these things exist but i can also be myself and i can also be honest and be um you know authentic mm -hmm. and accept that that might offend people mm -hmm. um, and that was a big process for me to unlearn that i'm not here to not to prevent people from being offended um so i think like i say like there's a lot of things i was in tune with and like attracted to doing and so without knowing why say i was giving up coffee for periods of time and then i ended up doing you know the past meditation or like um I had quit coffee again because coffee's been one of my nemesis. Um, <laughs> but before doing like ayahuasca, for example, that's another thing I had quit and like cleaned up my diet without knowing I was about to do ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of it has been just like a process of following my, uh, my heart and just doing what feels right in the moment. Like sometimes, especially right now, I mean, I'm sure we all are going through this where there's that temptation to um, dissect everything that's going on and find out every little nitty gritty secret or, you know, um, information of the world. But if your spirit is screaming to you or you have like this inkling to just do more spiritual work or to just do something that's more heart centered and that like some you can't ignore that in my opinion you can but it's going to keep coming back and it will show up in your life um and how you treat yourself and how you treat other people but especially in your habits um like where things aren't flowing where things are flowing the like the spirit has a way of just reminding you gently and sometimes a little bit less gentle mm -hmm. Katrina from my perspective of where you were in the beginning to leading into where you are now you were in a stance where there was a lot of uncertainty being bothered by how people perceive you mm -hmm. um, resisting or snapping <laughs> a lot of resistance and you know, there was definitely this type of interest to do practices because you knew deep down that it would take you somewhere that it would. Yep. Yep. Be. And from what I gather, it only took little moments here and there to become 
this cluster of, of a force for you to really hone in the skills of listening within and doing the practices that will best suit you to come to where you are now as you're speaking and explain these things from what I know as a teacher, the difference is, is that you're now in an observational stance. You are creating this world where you're observing it to a wider perspective and not feeling bothered by emotionally, mm -hmm. not feeling stuck um, mm -hmm. or stagnant. So even as you're just explaining these things, I see a huge difference of where you are now compared to where you were then. And it all came down to your self-practice to come to these realizations. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And were there any big moments in your life or even little ones in the past during your experiences of meditation and yoga that led you into those revelations and insights that you explained just moments ago? Mm. Well, in working with a coach, um, they have a way when you do hypnosis and NLP practices and like embodiment practices where they can see how you have like one thought and then another thought, but they don't make sense together. And then there's like two opposite additional thoughts that also oppose each other. And they, it's a, it's basically like a ball of your yarn. You have all these different thoughts and these all, these thoughts are all from your story that you have from a kid of what you decided, um, like what you picked up on meant that you were that. So, um, for example, I, my story was that if I spoke up, if I was truly who I was, my freedom would be taken away from me. Um, I could go on and on. There's so many, but basically I was viewing the world from this traumatized state that I had to protect myself from injury. So mm -hmm. the other people were, um, you know, people I had to, like, I had to protect myself. I had to shield myself in order to be loved, like in order to, um, maybe not even to be loved, but in order to be, um, let me just think on this in order to be like protected, like in order to be safe. Mm -hmm. and like my biggest fear was connection even though it's what I wanted the most because mm -hmm. um, in order to connect with people in order to be seen in such a way you have to be okay with being wrong you have to be okay with being um, witnessed through all your faults mm -hmm. and I was carrying the story that if people would see that my ugly, if people would see that truth, they would be um, like, it would just wouldn't be lovable. Um, and I think we all go through this to one extent or another. Um, I'm sorry, What can you repeat what your question was? I'm getting off track a little bit. No. The way that you're leading off track is exactly what we need in this moment of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's perfect how it's going about. I tend to get on tangents. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, 
you know, your resistance in so many ways of where you were in the past were kind of like an side effect of what you just explained of this feeling mm-hmm. and feeling guarded by life because you're so traumatized by the reality of where life is in the moment and where it has been. Yeah. Um, in a way, almost feeling like you need to flee away from reality and not want yep. to find, um, yeah. and which is a very normal thing. Even, you know, anyone else could feel the same in this plain time. I believe that a lot of light workers and yoga healers and healers of any kind feel the same way with reality at first before they come to that awareness of bringing hopefulness and beauty and, and love into this reality. And that's why we're here. And I think it's also a big part of it is personal responsibility. Absolutely. We carried these thoughts. We carried these stories around. We allowed ourselves to feel small. We did that. We also took that on. Um, So if we can, if we took that on, we have the power to change it. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. Reshaping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what really comes down to, and that's what we're learning in yoga and meditation and all different modalities is that within our own practice, we're able to train ourselves to change the pattern systems within our conditioned minds and the way that we hold ourselves up and the way that we hold things in our life that maybe just are holding us down or blocking us from going deeper into our paths. And so in this way, it's very beautiful though, because what you went through in your experience in many of ways ignited an understanding of why you're here. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. What is that understanding for you? What is that understanding for me? Yeah. Oh, that we are all, that we're so freaking powerful. We are so powerful. Um, and like men are powerful too, but the first thing that comes to mind is women. We have power. The, you know, in our chat, in our circle the other day, talking about trust, that ability to just um, like to really surrender. Um, and I think, what did that teach me? The, the word that the theme that comes up is power. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that the power can just be as you being as still in stillness, that itself yeah. is powerful, right? Just yeah. existence. Well, I, and I think the power of the observer, like like stillness, like you said, the power of the of the observer to make any moment what it is. Um, like you make that moment what it is. You know, it's we, and from time to time, of course, we still get stuck in that ego of like, oh, I won't be liked, or oh, um, this person is thinking this about me. But really, when we sit down and center ourselves with that, this person can also be thinking these 10 other things that are like wonderful things about us. And regardless, it's how we feel in that moment. We have the power of how we feel um, by being the observer first. And by consciously realizing what stories are coming up in that moment, am I, am I feeling something because I had a thought that I wasn't liked 
and then that trailed into another internal dialogue. Um, and what does that, that energy feel like? Is that my mother's? Is that my father's? Mm -hmm. And if it is, you know, you can really be with that and love it and also ask it to be felt and then to let it go. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes conscious, that takes being aware, that takes willingness to be aware. Cause I mean, the reason I was in resistance for so long and the reason my process has been the long one is because I had that resistance. I, 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 I joke with my roommate that I live with now and with others, I, I, I laugh and I say like, I'm a recovering runner, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it, like, it's true. Um, but there's beauty in that because I can share that with other people mm -hmm. and I can hold that space for other people who've also um, ran and maybe have the temptation to continue to run from their, from their true selves. And I, and I have been presented with that opportunity to help people with that. And I think it's a gift. I think, you know, we've been taught to be so codependent on the government. We've been taught to be so codependent on our family, our parents, our siblings, our kids. Um, and I think that's what it is that running is that running away from that power that we have that running away from the truth of who we actually are at the end of it, which is love, but also the truth of who we have become in the process of avoiding that love within our being. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to codependency. I think once we release the idea that somebody else is not coming to save us, somebody else, while we need people, we are interdependent beings and our highest selves, we are interdependent beings, in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, in the process of becoming that interdependent being, we have to face where we've been controlling, where we've been restrictive, and we've all been that, we've all been all of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and until we face that, things are not going to change for us. You know, we have to be conscious, we have to be willing we have to be discerning we really have to look at things straight in the face and not everybody is ready to do that right now yeah and that's where the world's resistance come into play it's if it's effect from the internal resistance that we have towards our own personal life situations and this is leading into a great synchronicity because this is coming to the essence of allowing yourself to just be courageous and to face your wounds, to face your shadows mm -hmm. that we're in discomfort by that are clearly holding us down in life. Not until we take a moment to observe it and to see it within our own lens that we are able to overcome them and, and be able to move forward without feeling as if it's holding us down, we can relieve it away from us. Yeah. Just yesterday, I posted a, a post um, just to signify this full moon in Leo. And this Leo sign in the full moon was a, a lot about recognizing courage and igniting your way through what you want to do in life and realizing the steps that you need to do. But even these steps can be something that you're 
uncomfortable by and you need to go through. Um, so I led into this conversation and also referenced the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, there's Arjuna and he feels, as we all do within our own minds, confused and despair and feeling fear within life and the uncomfortable knowing of what you need to face and not choosing to do anything and just and just finding yourself in a really confused state and not allowing yourself to go for it. It isn't until Lord Krishna, who's in a lot of way represents in our guidance it's not until krishna showcases to arjuna arjuna what he needs to do and that is to listen to the inner guidance even Mm -hmm. in the midst of encountering your discomforts and we kind of need to lead into those discomforts in order for us to truly move on otherwise it's going to hold us down for a lifetime Mm -hmm. so that's beautiful that there's a synchronicity and that this is sort of the theme of what this conversation is about. And through your own life path of going through this, can you talk a little bit more in depthly of what that means for you and what you want to share into the world? Well, it's funny that you just shared that about um like the state of confusion and like going within um i never realized how poignant this term would have been in my life and it's actually an ex an ex-boyfriend who used to say this to me like he requoted it from whoever the original quoter is or person who said this i think it was like richard branson or i don't know someone he <clears throat> he said half of life is just showing up and like it's so simple and so profound. It's so, um, I think that really was my theme for the last like year and a half. That is something that I, I would hear repeat itself back to me. Um, and it's something I, I mean, I guess I have to say thank you to my ex because like it really helped me through a lot during lockdown. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we're so afraid of, a lot of the things that we think people will judge us on are the very things we will be loved for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the things that we're terrified of is, is where we, uh, we learn the most about ourselves. I think like, you know, there's so many things I did this past year that had you told me I would have done this three years ago, I didn't think I'd had the courage, but like something um, like going to a a men and women's retreat, like a a co-ed retreat, Mm -hmm. I was terrified. I was absolutely freaking terrified. Um, And for no other reason other than, you know, my story and my own preconceived notions of what this would look like. Um, And so I went and it was great. Like, um, not to say it was perfect. I was, you know, still terrified during it. And, but I was very open about that fear. And I was very honest during our first intro at the sharing circle about who we are and what we're going through and like why we're there. I said, I'm like, I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm scared about the fact that there's like, um, like I'm leaning into trusting men 
and to shifting my story about you know, men wanting something from me versus men just wanting to be present. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just showing up, just you really, a lot of things in life, a lot of like lessons, a lot of, not lessons, a lot of like events or a lot of um, spaces we're invited into. Even if we're nervous as shit inside, even if we're terrified, just going is the seed. It's if you remove all expectations from what you're from what you're assuming will happen if you're it 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 not only allows you to release expectations but it allows you to witness yourself and witness where you judge yourself where you judge others if you simply have the notion that i'm just going to go to this i'm just going to do this and be there Um, even if I don't say a word the entire time, you know, Mm um, and you realize a lot of the ways that you have not been yourself Mm -hmm. is your own mind, your own story. It has nothing to do with other people, nothing to do with them at all. Um, you know, even sometimes there'll be like, maybe like a fraction of a section where somebody like gives you a look that seems like a microaggression. But when you think about it and you sit with it, how are you feeling within? Because I'd say 99% of the time, the way I was like thinking of the situation or feeling in that moment is just being like reflected back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's a beautiful thing that you're coming to this, these different descriptions here, because if we looked at where you were in the past and your your perspective of men in general, it was a very unhealthy view, uh, but based on your own scarrings within yourself, right? And that was kind of a reflection of what was happening internally and leading into where we are now, you've come through such a process of reevaluating how you feel within yourself and towards your relationships of the past and ultimately coming to this beautiful, beautiful awareness of that everything that's a whole of who you are is a beautiful piece and work of art in this reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That artwork can come from a lot of pain and suffering. It can come from a lot of happiness and a lot of thrilling adventures, mm-hmm. but but all of these c- collectives together make up the beauty of the piece that you are as an artwork in life. Display <laughs> of representing what it means to be human, and that's mm-hmm. to acknowledge our faults, to acknowledge our shadows, and to to accept them and to know how we can move forward from them by the means of our own capacity to share our love for it and to face it by the eyes of our own love. Mm. And that's really Mm -hmm. hard for a lot of people. Even in yoga, I see in meditations with clients and students, people resist whatever moment that they're feeling something within their practice. They think Mm -hmm. it's wrong to feel angry in their practice. They think it's wrong to feel sad within your practice, but I encourage it. I encourage people yeah. to feel that pain, 
for them to notice it within the capacity to embody it within themselves. Yeah. And I think the reason, or at least part of the reason, and I'm speaking from personal experience, that things like that are so hard when those emotions come up, especially if we're around people, is sometimes we tend to think it might be the other person mm-hmm. when really there's just something happening that maybe we're not conscious of that feels like a repeat from a past or maybe like just for example the other day in the kitchen I felt the sudden irritation come across me and part of me was like oh was it my roommate like and then like that thought part then started and I'm like no I'm just gonna shake this out and I'm gonna howl and like um just embody this emotion for what it is and feel it out because that's what it wants Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be because there's a person in my life. It doesn't have to be because my parents, it doesn't have to be because a friend, it literally could just be a moment where I feel irritation and it just wants to be felt. Sometimes that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to rationalize it and make it logical when it's not always logical. Mm-hmm. And coming back into the awareness that everything that we are in relationship with in ourselves is going to be mm-hmm. a huge reflection into what our life is with our relationship with it as life yeah. externally yeah. it affects the way that our relationships are with our family members with our lovers with our friends and even just events in life in general mm-hmm. and you're able to now get into that moment of just observing it all reflecting upon it with a little bit of analyzation, but not fully analyzing without taking you away from your feelings, Mm -hmm. coming to the conclusion of what that means for you and how it takes a moment to go within, really evaluate your own relationship before you project that energy out into the external. So I think... I was just going to say, I think it's just asking for us to choose love. I think it's asking us to make a choice moment by moment. Are we going to choose love or fear? Mm -hmm. Are we going to choose surrender or restriction? Um, Are we going to choose seeing like reality as it is? Are we going to make a story? You know, it's really about love. I think it's asking us to see ourselves in ways that many times we've been very uncomfortable seeing ourselves or just you know just witness witnessing our being and everything that we are and just being and the the love in order for that capacity of love to truly spread outside of ourselves we have to recognize how to love ourselves as a whole Mm -hmm. and even our past wounds our inner child and a lot of our, our faults within our inner child comes to the, you know, the, the wholeness of also having the struggle of codependency that comes from our inner child. Yep. Um, and it all really comes down to the almost security and not feeling abandonment because the moment that someone feels abandonment in their life they come into codependency because (laughs) they have 
that they don't have the strength to to hold themselves up and and to also be decisive in life in general we as humans are codependent for people to make our own choices because we don't feel secure enough to make our own decisions um so the capacity of love as you said it's a big thing it's a big factor that interplays and weaves within our life in so many ways and it really starts from going inside and connecting to our heart and seeing all of its pains and wounds and seeing how we can be there for it be there for our pains be Mm -hmm. there for our wounds and then come to that realization that it's only you that's stopping you from loving Mm -hmm. and then projecting that into the external with loving eyes and loving arms so with this with this as well within you know i've also connecting to your experience what are you realizing for yourself now What are you unearthing? I think the biggest thing I want to help people with, if that's what you're asking, mm-hmm. um, is to dismantle this codependency, to see it for what it is, to see it for the toxicity that it is, because it is, it's, to- it's not healthy. It closes us off. It closes us off from relationships, from love, from opportunities, from, from ourselves. Um, and also, noticing the the innocence within that the innocence within that unhealthy codependency because it is innocent what once we become aware we realize how innocent it was and it was done to protect us so it was done to provide us with what we desired but just not in the way that is healthy to us um so for example you know closing off our hearts that provides us with safety Mm -hmm. you know what else what else provides us with safety is love is being vulnerable is speaking our truths and maybe that won't be reflected back to us but once we can start to do that we realize we don't need the outside to affirm that to us we don't need the outside to affirm that we are enough we can do that all on our own Mm -hmm. um and our inner child, before they were conditioned, they knew, they knew that that was inside of us. That's what we're all, I think we, I want to help people reclaim is that genius that you had as a child. Cause I know for myself, that genius is coming back. Um, that ability to see through new eyes and to see the world through new eyes, regardless of what we're seeing, um, whether it's war, whether it's you know, the greed from the government, whether it's um, perceived sexism or racism, seeing it through the eyes of all these children who are still adults, but are still living through that conditioned mindset, through that condition, um, their conditioned beliefs. Mm -hmm. We are all living that. All these cops that we see um, in the protests, they're all living from those conditioned and old brains that are telling them you have to be afraid of the other. There is no other, there's never been another. 
there's never been an other. We are all we are all the same at the end of the day. We all crave um, love. We all need one another. We all, you know, anytime somebody says they don't need people or somebody is very independent, just as an example, this is coming out for some reason. Um, that's us saying, you know, we're closing ourselves off. We're closing ourselves off because we have a story or because we have something that told us we don't need that but at the end of the day we're humans we were born from the same from a woman oh my god i'm going on a tangent <laughs> um, <laughs> basically what i'm saying is that i want to help people unlock that potential within them because even still to this day i'm still unlocking a potential every single day to learn more about myself Mm -hmm. and to be curious and to bring that childlike curiosity about ourselves and about other people because when you're curious and you're in a place of love and you're connected to your heart and you're you know you're doing the meditation you're doing whatever it is you need to do to get tap into your heart and not live in fear from your lower chakras but you're um living from your heart you can say anything from your heart to dismantle fear or to dismantle anger, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think it's so important. I think it's important for the world. I think it's in important individually. I think it's important for kids to realize that there's another way. Um, and especially with kids, I've been around kids lately um, this past week and you know they're so impressionable there are little mirrors too and i think bringing back that authenticity of seeing not only seeing things out of curiosity but like a, a kid will say things without having to second guess what they're saying because they're just being honest they're just being they're present and when we have codependency and we have all these ideas attached to how we're coming across and you know, there's no room for, there's, there's no presence there. There's no, cause we go back to our mentality that there's an, an us and them and that there's another and that there's, you know, that reptilian brain that wants to protect us. But what is there to protect? There, there was never anything to have to protect. We, that is conditioned. That is conditioning. Um, and that's what we're seeing in the world right now. That's what is playing out on a larger perspective in the world right now is this belief that we have to protect that we have to protect our heart like what <laughs> you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's sorry oh, I, I was just gonna say would a child walk up to you and tell you that they have to protect their heart that they have to protect her, their imagination mm -hmm. that they have to protect their curiosity mm -hmm. that's not our innate nature that is freaking medicine that's natural mm -hmm. that is natural and mm -hmm. that's not something you're going to hear on the mainstream news that's not something that you'll hear from Bill, Bill Gates that's not something you will hear from somebody who wants to keep you in control absolutely and in many ways this guarding of the innocence of we are in, a, in so many ways it's literally guarding up and building this 
brick wall over our own force. Yeah. This force that we can, we can literally make the biggest changes in life with, with the basis of our imagination, our curiosity. And the only way for, for life to evolve is through the means of our curiosity and through the means Mm. of our imagination. That's Mm. how life evolves. That's how we create more inventions. That's how we Mm. create, um, you know, even community in itself is by the basis of curiosity and love and just that vulnerability to be connected with other people where with codependency and where we are in reality and with this pandemic, we are literally being pulled apart from one another. Yeah. this disconnect. People, because of the virus, I understand of the worrying people's fears of why they feel fearful of this virus, but it's going, it's getting to the point where it's literally representing how they feel about life in general mm-hmm. of being blocked and needing to hide and to, and to try to steer away from I just got shivers. Yeah. Steer away from connecting to everything in life. You know, the moment that this pandemic happened, it caused everyone to disengage in connection on many of levels, even through the means of sight, seeing each other's gazing upon each other's eyes, mm-hmm. um, verbally communicating with each other or by the means of just a gesture with your hand mm-hmm. a hug and if that's something that we've already been struggling with as a society absolutely that's powerful very powerful mm-hmm. and, but you know as a child if you recall being the innocent child of curiosity and just feeling into life as these moments of melody that we can dance through if <laughs> literally we are such um we are very frontal in a sense that we we don't we're not afraid as children to go hug strangers or go <laughs> children, interact with other children um of which if you look back of us doing that in the past created more friendships and created more more capacity of love for life in general when we welcome things into our life. Yeah. And, um, you know, even getting hurt as a child, you know, and you will get upset and you cry it through, but after you've cried it through, it just becomes, you go out and you run again and you play soccer, you do whatever. We don't let our pain. Resilience. Yeah. Yeah. Resilience. We don't let the pain to dwell within us. And um, again, it comes back to, having ourselves basically connect to ourselves at first in order to come to this, this um, ripple effect that will affect the external world for us. And that's to lead into our heart and mm-hmm. really encourage our innocence to come sprouting out to the surface. Yeah. And I think it's part of reclaiming our power and our, as women, for example, our power of just letting things roll off our back you know, and not things like that need to be expressed and said out loud. But I mean, we're taught, we're conditioned, there's been conditioning that everything has to be an argument or everything has to be um, something that offends us in a sense. Mm -hmm. And not to say there's lots of things out there that should offend us, but the things, you know, like, we're meant to be like water and just let things roll. Like, Mm -hmm. 
in terms of, you know, like being like a river, that's what women's strength is. Mm-hmm. And I think as men, their strength is groundedness and decision-making mm-hmm. and speaking, especially from like masculine and feminine energies, mostly, um, I think we've all been shamed and conditioned that our innate um, power centers are actually very illogical and very um, like they're demonized. And I think that's, that's where the, the men and women's movement or sorry, the feminist movement was weaponized because it was bought and paid for from somebody who wanted to indoctrinate and like when you, I think the, a big thing too, to get to that inner child is like realizing and questioning and asking why were things um, like certain protests and beliefs and things thrown on us? Why do I, why do I believe that I have to protect myself against the man? Or why do I believe, and not myself, but in general, if this is something you're struggling with, why do I believe that um, I need to be just as strong physically, or I need to do everything on my own. Where does that stem from? And how is that not serving me? But how is it also serving me? Mm -hmm. Um, and we have to be willing to ask these, these hard questions to come together. And I think like, for me, I really want to help men and women come together, not only as individuals, but as couples, as, um, as parents, Mm -hmm. because they are the future for our kids. They have just as much of an impact. Um, You know, I hear the term that kids are our future and that's a hundred percent true. And I, I want to help with that too, but I think parents and couples more than anything, I think um, can learn a lot, a lot from each other. There's so many gifts and even my roommate and myself, for example, I just came here about a month ago and so much shadow work has been discovered already. We're going to be doing videos together soon because like we've, we've talked about things and we joke and we laugh and we're like, you know what? We've talked about things that 30 year couples, the couples who've been together for 20, 30 years have never even broached the subject on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot to learn um, from couples. And I was just listening to, um, I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Alain de Boto. De Boto. He's basically like a philosopher on love and has been writing about it since he was a teenager. And he says, he's like, um, when we're on a date, instead of like pretending to be all, you know, like, I don't know, being all pretty or just being a great conversationalist, what about like asking as an icebreaker like what are you crazy what is your crazy what does your crazy look like like you know like um you know what I mean like can you be a manipulative jerk or can you be like a rageful you know everybody has their crazy and I think until we can acknowledge that within ourselves can we actually truly make change outside Mm -hmm. yeah and um with your passion towards wanting to facilitate this, what exactly is the details of the service that you want to give into this world? What is the details of the, of the circles that you want to do? You know, that's something I'm still working on. I think 
at this time, I really want to do women's circles because I've been a woman, first of all. And I think because in a lot, um, like what I haven't been seeing is personal, <clears throat> personal responsibility and owning our own emotions. I think there's been a lot of, um, and mind you, a lot of well-intentioned spaces, but I think we need more empowered women to also do their own um, digging, their own consciousness, their own, um, like their own conscious work, their own self-reflecting. Um, and I think I would like to work with men one day, but I think eventually in time I would do, I'd like to do men and women's circles mm -hmm. at a time when I have more practices with women's circles. Um, because I think we have so much to learn off one, one another. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still figuring that out in the moment, but so far I've started with women's circles, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, Log into the details of what the women's circles are and when they are. Yeah, so I, I have been doing themes. So like say if something comes up for me personally, I'll make it into a theme and to a discussion that I can share with other women and then it'll be like a bit of a journal prompt for the sharing circle. But instead of journaling, we actually speak um, those feelings out loud together in circle because I've found, I have personally, I found healing circles and sharing stories to be the most powerful medium on my journey mm -hmm. um, to allow space for inclusion, vulnerability, to just uh, confirmation that I'm I'm allowed to be who I am essentially mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the first thing we need to actually be able to heal is to know that yes there's shame but that doesn't have to be long-term guilt and we can still be loved even though we've been or acted in ways that aren't the most loving mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important for women to have a space to share that because we too have the capacity to be um, abusive. And I think until we accept that within ourselves, that we have the capacity to be hurtful, we, that we have the capacity to also shame and also hurt others, then only and then can we really make a big impact and can we embody both our shadow and our gems mm -hmm. um yeah and serving and serving these these modalities by the means of what you went through in your own personal experience and and even you know the verbal communication in the circles resonates a lot to the struggle you had with your throat chakra in the past mm -hmm and realizing the power within your voice to sound out your feelings, to sound out your own pains and coming to those conclusions that come to a huge confirmation of what it is that you need to do and to make the steps forward to, to heal those wounds in some capacity. And so with Katrina doing these circles, 
she just began one, was it last week? Yeah. Yes. And it was about um, surrender. Mm -hmm. And is there any, any ones that are coming up um, soon this month or next month? More specifically next month. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing one next week. I haven't decided the date on it yet. Um, or the theme, to be honest, like I had started with like two days a week where I'd have different themes come up, but I work best by being a bit more spontaneous and when things naturally come up, cause there's, you know, the natural resting period point that we need versus or sorry, and also when things naturally come to us to work on and to create, and I'm not in that phase right now, I feel like I'm in the resting state. So if not next week, the week after. And that's okay. Yeah. So if yeah. anyone listening in feels Ignite to join along your circles, how can they best reach you? Um, through my Instagram. I'm Freedom Love Warrioress, and you can add that on your, your notes, I think. Or through Telegram, I'm happy to have people reach out to me through Telegram once they've reached out to me through Instagram with my phone number. Um, and actually, just in speaking about rest and being allowed to rest versus working back in itself can be a workshop I think I might delve into. Mm -hmm. So sometimes these come up just in day-to-day -day conversations, right? Or mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to embrace too is... Um, rest rest is a big one it takes it takes a lot of courage to even rest for a lot of people mm -hmm. but yeah it's the most simple thing to do is yeah. let go of what we feel we're responsible for and come to in our ego too of just it comes in at times when we need to rest because it's it's wanting to resist the you know the the state of receiving mm -hmm. asserting and it takes a lot of courage just to remove yourself from a place of assertion and come strictly into receiving and i think our ego tends to tends to steer away from this because it knows that sometimes it's not going to be a, a fun experience that comes to the forefront of our minds mm -hmm. whatever flows to us isn't always going to be, you know, these beautiful moments, also <laughs> just very unpleasant moments too, but we need to feel them. Um, and remember to cry, remember yeah. to cry it out and to feel your anger. I think another big one that comes up for me since living with somebody now that's not my family, I moved away, um, is how am I going to be perceived in my rest by somebody else? You mm -hmm. know, like, oh, they're going to think I'm lazy or they're going to think I'm useless or they're going to, you know, all these stupid things that we think they're not stupid, but they, you know, they're not, they're not worthy of attaching to either. And I think it's getting past that point and accepting, okay, so I might be perceived as lazy. Mm -hmm. That That's okay. Um, and just like the communication that comes with that, like, okay, you know, like I might, for three days just do nothing and that's okay that's what I need right now and if some you know um so I think all not only the self-imposed um 
things that come up with rest, although a lot of it is self-imposed, but like maybe even the judgments that might come up for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which ultimately comes back from our ego, our ego fearing, you know, how totally. other people us and, um, and that takes a toll in what we do in our actions and in our life in general. We always are stumped by the fear of what others' judgments are towards us. But even in our, in our, even just whatever we're doing in life, we're always going to be judged by someone. Mm -hmm. It's just the essence of grabbing hold of that courage just to move forward and just to live the life that you feel to live it in every moment. Do the things that you're, inner guidance is telling you to do whether it's resting or asserting at times and having the will to to take that action whatever action it is and to feel fulfilled in that without the worry of how others perceive you yeah totally so if you were to kind of conclude things together how do you feel yoga on earth me helped you I feel like it allowed me to be gentle, more gentle with myself. Um, I feel like your presence in yourself and who you are as a person allowed me to be more gentle too, because I know just in meeting you, you know, I had these restrictions or these, um, we've talked about before how I felt a little bit jealous, like, you know, that sister wound and um, that resistance. But I think you were so open and so welcoming and so open to that in mm -hmm. me um, that it instilled like a really deep acceptance mm -hmm. and it made me want to open up. It made me want to open towards to you as a teacher and just as a friend because when you're struggling and somebody is still showing you love and compassion when you're not being the most loving part of yourself mm -hmm. there that it's like the love over anger if you're love not always but a lot of times it does soften that anger it does soften a process for somebody else who might not be in that same state as you but it, it's like that seed that gets planted mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what yoga on earth was for me was that seed that unraveled um, a lot within myself. That's beautiful. And it was very easy for me to open up my heart to you because, you know, some years ago when we first met, you were exactly who I was when even before <laughs> I found yoga and meditation. So I had a lot of resonation and impact um, because, um, you know, I was there at one point as well before I made a huge transformation in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's even more beautiful when I see one such as yourself after these years come to your own person, forming into your own person that, that represents who you are from within and coming to a stance of being of service to others is, in many of ways, and it's a very honorable thing to witness as a teacher, a friend, a guide. And um, you've really truly blossomed into this beautiful, beautiful goddess of almost like a priestess warrior <laughs> uh, helping to serve people. And 
doing it in your way that, you know, connecting to things, tech, uh, you know, as in practices and techniques that resonate to you in your practice and honing as a skill to serve that to those that you encounter in your life. And um, so a lot of it is shadow work, right? Um, teaching about codependence, um, range of these beautiful things. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know we've talked about like how we first met, but to hear you say it like, um, what exactly did you say you said? Just the way you said it was different than I think other times that we've spoken it, how like you were in that state as well. Mm -hmm. So you were able to resonate. And I think that's a big thing. I think I think that's often how pe people do find each other is when they've been in similar places or they've acted similar ways, they tend to find the person that they, I guess, will spark a bit of an awakening or spark a bit of um, an honest reflection back to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. in a way, me opening and welcoming my arms to you, although your resistance was in a way just you know, healing my own, my past wounds of where I was then. Um, mm. And the girl that was, was similar to where you were at the time and just giving her my love and realizing that where I've transformed from, I will always have love and compassion for the person I was then and all the wounds I held onto and um, all my resistances that I had and just giving her the ultimate force of love and knowing that I've transformed from it, but I'm never going to forget about it because it was part of my growth and yep. we need to recall the phases of our growth and give it the lens of great capacity of love in order to feel as a whole being through our lifetime that ultimately our life is a beautiful, uh, is a beautiful being in itself and whatever that entails. And we're going to go through phases and it's okay to be resistant at times it's just the acknowledgement and observing it mm -hmm. and change from it yeah. and just knowing that you can change in that moment you can like change your course in that moment you could change your reaction you can change even if it's just asking yourself something and it changes the reflection that you might not have had before mm -hmm. you know there's so much we can do absolutely so I'm really, I'm really blessed that um, you and I crossed paths when we did in Squamish and continue to connect as, you know, life goes by and witnessing you from where you were then to where you are now and how I could have been a little bit of impact and my service is a little bit of an impact as a seedling for you to accumulate additional practices and coaching and guidance that brought you to where you are now within your experience. And, and um, it's a beautiful way that life progresses. And I'm so happy and, and so proud of where you are now and where you want to lead into. Mm. Thank you so much. That was that was a beautiful ending. Yeah, beautiful closing. I really appreciate that. No, I love you with all my heart. <laughs> I love you too. Oh. Oh. And this is the thing to anyone listening in is you really truly develop a relationship with your students and clients. 
And I feel that that's the most genuine thing that uh, of being of service is, is connecting and building a relationship in order for that person to feel vulnerable enough to trust you and to, and to fall into your comfort arms um, by the means of just connecting. And, yeah. uh, and I think too, it's also knowing that our greatest teachers might also trigger us too, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then coming to those realizations of what those triggers are and working towards it to create the biggest tool that you can have in life. Right. Yep. Yeah. For me, it was my, it was my voice. It was mm. one of the things that I felt um, a disconnect from for so long. And there was such a blockage that I felt not confident to speak what I need to say. Mm. Now it's one of my biggest tools in life in being a teacher now is, you know, doing these podcasts of, of reaching to people by the means of my voice. And um, it's the biggest weapon I have right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you with the with the throat. It's funny because like I think back and like I send so much love, but like when I was a um like in elementary school and high school and college, like my younger like teens, my childhood self, my you know, college self, presentations were like the biggest nightmare. And I think that goes for a lot of people, but it was just like very present with how nervous I was to speak up and Mm-hmm. Even though I was thrown in so many different situations where that was what I was supposed to be doing, or that was like my role within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like really coming to terms with that and loving that. Um, and, and knowing that that is medicine, that is a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything more poignant to say about that, but I just, it, when I think of like, circles now my you know my little 10 year old 12 year old self would be like amazed with myself Mm -hmm. um and I think that's important to reflect back on and to like remember remind ourselves of Mm -hmm. is how far we've come Mm -hmm. um you know like I did a card reading today and like one of the thing one of the themes was that like things are changing even if it might not appear that way Mm -hmm. but when you look back things you know people who are growing we can see that there there has been changes mm-hmm. and that's that's important to celebrate absolutely that's what others who are listening in need to remember is that change is not always super um visible to the eye it's mm-hmm. change is an incremental progress um so change is very for the most part in the beginning of change comes through our subconscious and we all need to be visible of it, but we need to keep going forward and know that things are changing right now. Things are changing in your life right at this moment. Mm-hmm. And know that so deeply and feel the power within knowing that that in itself is true. Mm-hmm. See where it leads you. And at the <laughs> end of, the de- of where you need to go, you'll soon realize when you look back the change was so visible. <laughs> it's so true. I've been thinking about that so much lately. Cause like right now, like I'm kind of like in between again and I'm like, I know in five years time, I'm going to be laughing because, 
you know, I'll just know that like what's happening now is happening for a reason. Just like five years ago when I had my moments in transition where I was in between, there was always something within the greater realm happening. And yeah, it's just funny to have a chuckle about sometimes. When we look back, everything becomes all the more um, clear. Mm -hmm. In the process, everything's very foggy and it's okay to have that fogginess. Um, But it's it's just knowing that you are changing right now. That's the most powerful thing. And the same as every moment, a minute changes. So So are you. Well, to conclude this, thank you so much, Katrina, for joining into this podcast. Mm-hmm. I am um, honored to have you here, as I spoke before, and love everything that you shared. And a lot of, in a way, was just you revelating on, um, bringing revelation into this podcast, which others need to solely hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for sharing all that you shared. Is there anything else that you want to say to end this conversation? I feel pretty complete. Um, Just thank you. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, thank you for seeing people as they are. Mm. I love that. You have such a poetic way of saying things too, and I really appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, it just comes naturally. It flows to me like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you to those listening in, and we hope that you have a wonderful day and know that change is happening right now. And to mm-hmm. not be fearful of going into your shadow work and yeah. not make a change in your life all the more. And change is happening for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen into this very episode. And I hope you gathered something along the way through it. You can find Katrina Circles on her Instagram or connect to her through her Proton account, of which will be in the description below. If you want to know a little bit more deeply of my services, feel free to visit the links below. I hope you have a wonderful day.